This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. Wow. Let's first start with all your stuff. So what here, is all this stuff? <laughs> this is really the the uh, the story of uh, Meyer Tutter Cohen. That's what it sounded like when I visited collector Brian Eisman's Richmond Hill office. I'd never met Brian before, but he contacted me a while ago due to my own work as a military historian and my book Double Threat about the Canadian Jews who served in uniform. Eisman is a businessman, but his passion is numismatics, or collecting valuable coins, and what a story he had to tell me. He'd recently come across an unusual coin, plus much more, as a friend of his had bought out the entire inventory of a Toronto pawn shop and discovered a bronze medallion the size of a fist and an old war medal and other things from the First World War, and the citation and the paperwork says it all once belonged to the family of 22-year-old Lieutenant Meyer Tutzer-Cohen of Toronto. I knew that name and his amazing story because I'd written about him extensively, and I couldn't wait to see what Eisman had found. Cohen was one of Canada's greatest Jewish war heroes and the son of one of Toronto's pioneering Jewish families well over a century ago, probably the first Canadian Jew to win the Military Cross for gallantry 104 years ago in 1917. There's even a Presbyterian church in Montreal that pays homage to him. Harvard Collegiate unveiled a plaque for him, and members of Canada's famed Black Watch Royal Highland Regiment have long honoured the short, bespectacled, brave young officer who helped the Canadian Expeditionary Force capture a strategic ridge at the muddy Battle of Passchendaele, where he lost his life. I want people to know that we have contributed a lot to Canada, and We've sacrificed a lot for Canada. We all believe in improving this country in any way we can. I'd like to see that tradition continue. I'm not sure where the next generation is going to find their inspiration to do so, but um, I think this might be something that they can connect with and and find uh, uh, meaning. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, November the 9th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, Sponsored by Metropia. So I know it's Kristallnacht, and I know we're in the midst of a war, Israel and Hamas, and everyone's glued to the news about it. But Remembrance Day is coming up, and I thought this story was so important that we have to bring it to you. Lieutenant Meyer Tutzer Cohen's father came to Toronto from New York in the late 1800s. He got married, and the family settled in the area of the city known as the Annex today. In the summer of 1914, when the First World War broke out, Meyer was 20. He was short, 5 foot 6, 140 pounds, and he wore glasses. He joined the military in 1915, and at first he worked in Dundas, Ontario, near Hamilton, as a recruiter. But a year later, by the fall of 1916, he was overseas with the Canadian Expeditionary Force fighting in the trenches of France. He survived a year on the front lines with the Royal Highland Regiment, known as the Black Watch, a regiment with strong connections to Scotland. Just picture it. The regiment wore kilts and a bonnet, and at first, Cohen didn't cut such an impressive figure with his commanding officer. But soon, 
Cohen distinguished himself on the battlefield. One night, he went out on patrol with a few of his men to no man's land near Mericourt in France, near the Somme, and captured two German patrols. Three were killed. The rest he took as prisoners. And for this, he was awarded the second highest military award there is, the Military Cross, with a white and purple ribbon. It's the same medal that flying ace Billy Bishop won. Sadly, Cohen never got his actual medal, just the ribbon. After a 10-day leave in England, he was sent back into battle at the end of October 1917 at Passchendaele, one of Canada's muddiest and bloodiest First World War battlefields, where 4,000 Canadian men died, including Cohen, before it all ended November 10th. Cohen's body was buried in Belgium at a Commonwealth War Graves Cemetery. His bereaved father, Moses, received the actual Military Cross hardware much later, and the family also was sent a large medallion known as the Dead Man's Penny. How all this stuff, plus Cohen's framed citations, newspaper clippings, and more, ended up in a Toronto pawn shop still remains a bit of a mystery to collector Brian Eisman. I acquired it from one of the family members who pawned it off in a moment of desperation sometime in the last 20 years uh, to a coin dealer downtown who I've, who I did not know personally, but my friend bought his shop, including all the items inside of it. So that's how I ended up. Uh, but why did he know you were interested in this stuff? Like, well, how did you come to find I'm it? I'm Jewish. He knows that I like uh, anything Jewish and uh, anything with a Jewish history is, uh, he thought it would be up my alley and he was right. But since then I've done quite a bit of research and I've become, well, I don't know if obsessed is the word, but I, I've uh, found his life to be immensely fascinating. And uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot for everyone uh, looking for some historical uh, connection to Jewish heroes and, and, and there's uh, here in Canada. And uh, he's uh, certainly one I would consider a hero for many reasons. Meyer was part of the, his grandfather was the founding member of the first synagogue in Toronto, which as many of you know, is Holy Blossom. And uh, it started off downtown, I think above a pharmacy uh, back in 1856. And uh, uh, so his grandfather was the what, the founding member and eventually the president. And uh, so Meyer was very well known and there was only 40 Jewish families in all of Toronto, I believe, at the time. So it was a very tight community, and everybody knew him. Uh, he was born in nineteen, uh, sorry, eighteen ninety four, and he died obviously in nineteen seventeen. But if uh, I'm understanding, this medal was something that he was awarded for stuff he did before he died a couple of months earlier. Was there a battle, Ypres? How do you pronounce it? Ypres. Ypres. Okay, that, that's the battle I think he was in before. He survived that, one of the few officers to do so, and then went to uh, uh, defend a farm uh, in Passchendaele, and that's where him and most of his fellow comrades were were uh, killed in action. In fact, only out of 100 and, I believe, 85 soldiers, he was uh, one of the 180 that died, and only five survived. But they did hold the line, and they did accomplish what they were set to do, whether it was um, worth it or not, I, I guess we can judge that at this point, but uh, his accomplishments before he was caught, uh, catching two groups of German soldiers and killing three along the way, um, earned him the respect of uh, his fellow comrades. It wasn't easy for him. He was a small Jewish man from Toronto who had no military background, but uh, he was trained in Hamilton, I believe, and uh, he earned the respect of his of his fellow Scottish uh, 
fighters from uh we we now know it as the black watch how was he treated in terms of being jewish and anti-semitism what did he what challenges did he have when he enlisted um he had many he was a small guy and he wasn't he didn't earn their respect by his stature it was really just his uh his sheer will and determination and uh uh he earned their respect i don't know if it was by being a tough guy but uh there was one article i read where he had to show him that he could fight with his fists. So he probably did have to beat somebody up at some point to earn their respect, but they ended up uh, really respecting him and especially his, that's uh, why he was promoted within the Canadian military, which I believe was the first person to ever be, uh, the first Jewish person to ever be promoted in the Canadian military. Now I know that there's a, a story, so I, I want you to tell us a little bit if it's true or not, about the fact that they wore kilts. This was a you know, a British traditional regiment and they had to wear kilts and he was a Jew. Uh, what's the story about that? And and how he used to wear it and how he used to get like basically slagged by his you know, superiors because he wasn't that good at putting it on. Is that true? Yes, he probably didn't have a lot of uh, background in putting on skill, uh, kilts, but he, uh, he uh, somehow earned the respect of his uh, comrades and he still did it and they he earned so much respect from him, they actually affectionately called him Mech Cohen they they admired him so much that even after he died um, there is a Presbyterian church in Montreal that honored him by uh, adding a star of David in a church uh, inside of one of the stained glass windows uh, to to commemorate him specifically uh, there's a there's a nice story out of the uh, uh, about the Queen Mother who went to visit that church in, I believe, the 1940s. And she uh, there's an article describing how it caught her eye and she asked about it. And they told her about him and his sacrifice and it brought her to tears. And um, so it's... Uh, Yours are too, a bit. I yeah, I get wealthy about it. Yeah, a little it's, bit like... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's exciting. It's, uh, so there's, it's, there's a, a royal element to the story as well. Now, you didn't know any of this when uh, you got his stuff yep. so what has the journey been like for you to learn about who he was and what he did um it's it feeds into a lot of stories and i think uh, here we are in canada and uh, i i'll talk about my personal disappointment how uh, jewish education tends to only really focus on the holocaust and i i guess i'm disappointed in that because we have an amazing long history that really needs to be shared i mean it's it not to undermine the Holocaust and what impact that had on the world. And there's lots of lessons to be learned from that, but there's a lot more to us as well. And our contributions before seem to be overlooked. Uh, and uh, it's, it's important to tell the story about how we got here and, uh, and our, and what we've, what we've sacrificed for Canada. So is there anyone in your family who has military service? Like, is this no. something that speaks to you because World War One, World War Two? No. No, but my family has been here since before that. So we've we've deep roots in Toronto and history, and uh, so it's uh, it's important to me. And I grew up, you know, here, and and you just don't hear much about Jewish war heroes. So that's why it's uh, it's a fascinating story, and uh, it's a shame that it ended up in a pawn shop. And uh, I was able to get in touch with some of the family members who are, are existing, uh, the grandchildren of the nephew of Meyer Tutzer Cohen and uh, they live in Israel and I was tempted to donate all of this to them. However, I've been told that this might worth uh, quite a bit of money and uh, the 
the risk with that is they'd be tempted to sell it themselves if it were really worth the money that I'm told it might be worth. So I'd like to just assess what it is. And even the more I learn about this man, the more I'd like to honor him by either uh, contributing to uh, a museum, uh, some type of uh, even a book, uh, or however I can just talk about him and what he's done. And even... So you've got his uh, his service files mm-hmm. and... And this is more about, I believe, his grave and how it was moved because they found his body about two years later and they had to move it to the oh, current wow. location. So this is all Imperial War Graves Commission, right? Yeah. And it was in France and Belgium. Yeah, so they, they re-interred him mm-hmm. and sent it to whoever it was. Does it, there it is. a pin. It's supposed to paper clip. Oh, yeah. wow, right. Did Adjutant General to Mr. M.M. Cohen, Esquire, 99, Madison Avenue, and um, burial report. Wow. So who is M.M. Cohen? Must be his father. His father. Yeah. Mark Cohen. There's his handwriting. Mm-hmm. His father's 558 Huron Street. So right in the heart of the Jewish community uh, at the time, right? Mm-hmm. His profession was a gentleman. His <laughs> religion was Jewish. Yeah. Born December 21st, 1894. Yeah. I mean, I he can. was 22 years old. So mm-hmm. think about it. Um, they graduate high school in 18 yeah. or 17, 18 years old. And then he didn't work as far as we know. No. Right. But he went to Harvard Collegiate, which my father coincidentally went to as well. So there's a, uh, a memorial outside of the school that uh, somebody had reached out to the school looking uh, to connect him to the school. They had no record of it, but they did look into it and they found out that he actually did go to the school. So they amended the World War One memorial outside to add three more names, including him uh, in the front of the school. And um, So he was 21 years old as a gentleman. He wasn't, um, you know, he was a part of basically Toronto synagogue royalty in a way because Holy Blossom and whatever. His grandfather was one of the original president or the original president. Like you have a lot of parallels in your life, do you not? And yeah. how does that... How do you how do you process that? It's it's moving. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, everybody who I've ran this story by, even in a you know who doesn't have a uh, a love or uh, any any context of any history, uh, the story really seems to grip everyone who seems to learn about him. Uh, yeah, he's from deep Jewish roots in Toronto, which really before most Jews even came here and died for a country that just adopted him and his family. And uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty great that his family. Up until selling this in a pawn shop, about within the last twenty years, uh, seemed to really uh, revere uh, his accomplishments and his sacrifice. So, what does what does it feel like for you to have sort of saved him out of the you know ignominy and and an abandonment in a pawn shop? A responsibility to put it in the right spot and make sure that his story is properly preserved and told. And you want to go to Belgium? Of course. Yeah, I definitely would like to go visit the grave and pay my respects and learn more about him. Yeah, of course. I, 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 there's still more I'd like to learn. And uh, I've looked into other avenues to tell his story. Um, I've, uh, I've inquired about possibly having a movie made or even a short docuseries uh, or even having it displayed in a Jewish uh, war uh, memorial setting, uh, which currently does not exist. So... Uh, I'm really open to any suggestions, but uh, I'd really uh, I'd like to find a nice home where this belongs. Um, uh, so that's so my my mission continues, and uh, I, I I I'm inspired by this, and I really would like to 
get uh, so this is appeals to the masses and it's not even just to jewish people i'd also like it to be for canadians as well like regular canadians who don't have a jewish i want them to understand that we've also made sacrifices within canada uh and uh, i just don't think that story is being told enough And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want to learn more about Meyer Tutzer Cohen or read his military records, just go to the links in our show notes. Between Brian Eisman and myself, we both think his stuff and other military artifacts belonging to Canada's fighting Jews should be displayed in a Canadian museum somewhere that shows the history of Canada's Jews. Although sadly, as far as I'm aware, no such museum exists. But maybe we should start one. If you want to get in touch with Brian or me to discuss this or to have him speak about his collection or invite him to display it, just send me an email and I'll put you in touch. I'm at ebessner at thecjn.ca. And thanks for listening to this Remembrance Day episode of the CJN Daily. We'll be back next week. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.